0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Today, we speak about immigration and racism, about life in Australia and the sport of boxing, and how to succeed in life. Thanks for joining me for this Bob's Your Uncle Podcast Season 1, Episode 4. Of note, the opinions are strictly my own and those of any of my guests. You can now find us and comment to us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google, and the list goes on. We have a lot of topics to discuss. Even so, on the Bob's Your Uncle Podcast, you are part of the show we do want to see and hear you send us a message on facebook or video one on instagram in the weeks to come we'll speak about pickleball country music israel iran and wars and rumors of wars let's see where the spirit takes us It's time for Amanda McInnes in her sponsor mode. Amanda, why did you want to become a travel agent?
1: Well, after finishing my degree, I took a six week trip from Canada over to Southeast Asia. And this will sound like a total cliche, but it changed my life and it made me so happy. And I knew that I wanted to work in a role that made me happy and also allowed me to help other people have similar life-changing experiences.
0: For the traveler, What are some warning signals that there might be trouble ahead?
1: Well, from a safety perspective, I would say if there are changes to advice from DFAT or Smart Traveler, that's a pretty good indicator. Um, And from a business perspective, I would say if a company stops taking new bookings or changes their payment methods or terms and conditions, we saw a lot of companies go into administration due to COVID. So ensuring you have appropriate travel insurance coverage can protect against that.
0: According to the news yesterday, the cruise ship industry is going to begin coming into and out of Sydney and maybe other ports in Australia, will you be able to book those for people.
1: I would say as long as it's actually happening then definitely yeah I think. Any of these announcements I try to take with a grain of salt, for example, uh, Vietnam said in mid-February that their borders would be reopening as of March 15th, but we still don't have any official guidance on that.
0: Is Travel Partners a reliable company? There are so many travel agencies from which to choose.
1: This is another great question, uh, especially since, as I mentioned, there were so many travel companies that didn't survive COVID. Travel Partners is an independent branch of Flight Centre Travel Group, though, so we have the backing of a big international company, but with the expertise and the unique experience of having your own personal travel advisor. And Flight Centre has been around for decades, and I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon.
0: I appreciate you and (laughs) am grateful for our times, both for this podcast and all the times you serve me as my own travel agent how can people reach you what is the best telephone or email or smoke signal what do you
1: use? <laughs> um, i like sky riding. so if you want to send a, an airplane banner that's great but um, it's Amanda amanda.mckinnis which is m-c-i-n-n-e-s at travelpartners.com.au best way to get on to me
0: Historical Marker of the Week. On this date in history, in 1349, the people of the town of Fulda, Germany, massacred the town's Jews, blaming them for the Black Death. In 2020, the governments of the world laid blame on China for the Wuhan virus, whatever coronavirus was, and most Western nations shut down completely to avoid the pandemic. And that's the historical marker for today, 22 March 2022. James Emmanuel White, my friend and colleague here in Sydney, Australia. But neither of us was born here. Let's back up about sixty years to racially torn and blame the other guy, Rhodesia, where you were born and raised. We'll talk about racism, of course, but also the stories of boxing and golf and how you handle tough times. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast, my friend. How are you going?
2: I'm okay, going great, Bob. That's Thank great.
0: You. We have often discussed life in Zimbabwe, Rhodesia. When you were born, of course, it was called Rhodesia. We recently looked at the Wikipedia article on your birth country, and I'll put that article in the podcast notes. We've chatted about racism a lot, and you know that racism is not limited to tribal Africa. Have you experienced such in your worlds of New Zealand or here in Australia?
2: Oh, to be honest with you, you're right. It's not just limited to Africa and those such places. I've had my fair share of racism, so to speak. And I think a lot of it is just stems from ignorance, not even having a moment to know the person, but maybe they've seen something or they're just parroting someone else's um, racist ideas. I definitely I felt in New Zealand. I
0: definitely felt it in Australia. And when you say you felt it, is that just a overreaction or did people say things? Did they beat you? Did they throw things at you?
2: I can remember after leaving Zimbabwe in 1972 and having some incidences as I was growing up. I mean, I still have scars on my knuckles. This is from reacting physically at stuff that's been said to you. and. I just thought, and this thought crossed my mind one day, are you going to continue to fight this because you won't be fighting for the rest of your life? And then I just stopped. I realized they're ignorant. And I had to tackle it a totally different way.
0: Does the thought of going back to Zimbabwe youth, New Zealand, teenager uh, time, do, do you ever want to go back and think about it? Or does that thought really annoy you? I used to avoid it at all costs.
2: The memories getting served through a little hole about a foot and a foot by a foot while there was a door that was open to the left of it, but anybody who was white could walk through it. Never thought much of it. I was just as a young kid from however age to 12, it was just my sister and I would just negotiate that with fun. Never really dawned on me until I went away from it and went, oh my gosh. We actually got served from a hole in a wall.
0: And that's because you were black. Yeah, exactly. But weren't there more black people in Rhodesia than white people? Most definitely. Most definitely. The majority were blacks, but the
2: power structure was white. Rhodesia, hence Cecil Rhodes, who came in, and of course Ian Smith and a whole bunch of other guys. Ian Smith was the prime minister when I was a kid, and they were going through their struggles of independence from, say... 70, 69 to 79, but in 72, before we left, there was the wars in Zimbabwe, the wars that were being fought on the borders, South African, South African um, and Rhodesian army troops were fighting all these guerrillas and insurgents. But Ian Smith was preparing for something that was about to happen in 1972, or 72, 10 years later, they get independence. 82, Zimbabwe becomes independent. Independent from whom? Break away from the British
0: and they finally had their independence. So when you think about racism, and you experienced it from your youth, uh, how can you not blame the British? Because it was their system they imposed on you.
2: You know what, I, I don't know what it is about me, but as I've noticed, yes, it was easy to want to blame the British. But there was something also that I noticed, there was tribal racism. People just ignore that black on black, brown on black, Indians on black, Chinese on Chinese, Chinese on on colors, because colors was what we were segregated with, half white, half black. You're colored. You're not fully black. You're not fully white. So you had this separate uh, suburbs that we lived in. Couldn't go into black neighborhoods. People don't realize that until you're living it and then you come out of it
0: and you go, wow, what did I just come out of? Your mom and dad, they were okay with that?
2: You know what? My mom and dad, because they lived through it, it seemed to have just accepted it. Then my mother and father divorced. And then my mother married a Kiwi who decided, no, we're going to take you and your sister out of this. You don't need to live through this because there's another world on the outside and which hence was New Zealand of all places,
0: <laughs> of all places. It's not bad for a rotation. So that got you there. And yes. one of the things that you I mean, you're a sportsman from way back when. What was the driver for you? How did you find your identity I suppose when you were in New Zealand you you had your identity sure. black, yep. colored, yep. whatever yep. back in Zimbabwe Correct. but now you're in New Zealand Yep. that's another world altogether how would you find your identity?
2: The struggle was because you had the Maoris you had the Maoris who didn't like the Samoans and didn't like the Tongans you could see this little schism going on and then in drops in the Zimbabweans who are obviously a little bit darker, a little bit different. And so I would just hide. My security was in the clubs. I was working as a DJ from a young age. And then I loved my sport. My sport seemed to separate me. I was was a sprinter and I loved soccer and I loved boxing. I had on my wall a picture of Muhammad Ali painted on my wall and a picture of Pelé. So I would look at those sports idols as a form of escape.
0: You are... Speaking of boxing, well known in Sydney as a boxing announcer, ladies and gentlemen, and a genuinely fun guy to be around. How did that take place?
2: I was a DJ. Like I said, I started in New Zealand as a DJ at the Bingstalk. I was Jack, believe it, Blackjack. Wow, what a cue <laughs> that was! And I came to Australia. I won a dance competition in uh, in New Zealand, got me to Australia. What, what kind of dance? It was I just freestyled. I did a freestyle. They all did couple dancing, back when disco was the thing. So I got here 16, just having my 17th birthday, and I was booked at a club. Max Markson and had a club in um, in uh, William Street, the Boulevard. In the cross. In the cross, down the bottom of the cross, and I just went there as a guest as a guest DJ, but I'd won the New Zealand part of it, so I was a DJ in all these different places. From then on, I thought, you know what? I went to a fight night one night, watching a a. Um, kickboxing fight between Stan Longanidis and Maurice Smith at the entertainment center and the guy was announcing and I looked at him and I thought, wow, I could do this <laughs> he was just looked at his paper the whole time, never lifted his eye, never had eye contact and I thought I could do this it just happened to be about two or three seats along with Steve Jez, a promoter who I still work for to this day he asked me to do a gig for him 300 shows later, still going strong
0: how random yeah, is that? It's that very random. So you put up your hand. I put up my hand. I think I can do that. I did. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. And so you do that too. <laughs> you have three adult children and they are ever on your heart. Do you have any special moments that represent for you the joys of parenthood?
2: Well, their births, I must say, their births were significant because uh, my life changed. I mean, I have a son and two daughters
0: what would you want them to have as a takeaway from this conversation
2: that their father loves them and loves them deeply and i would do anything for them
0: uh jimmy you love a round of golf and not only play it but you watch every weekend (laughs) to see who wins do you have a favorite golfer just now and and more importantly what has the game of golf taught you, if anything, about life itself? I would
2: have to say Tiger Woods is probably my favorite golfer. He really is. And yes, he's black, but he's a golfer. And he's, he's not only black, he's mixed as well. But he's taken the game to a level that I don't think even the best in the world thought was possible, including Jack Nicklaus. But I think the game teaches you the things that you lack, the discipline. The, the want to overpower the game when really the game is about finesse and technique and patience. Oh, wow. It's it, it really is true. It's 90 percent mental and that 10 percent
0: physical. But I mean, you've got heroes. You mentioned Muhammad Ali, yep. you mentioned Pele, yep. you mentioned Tiger Woods. Any other hero that stands out for you? I still meet and have a conversation with him and his name is Jesus.
2: Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. So
0: when did that happen to you?
2: 1983, 9th of November, 1983. I had and a close and personal encounter with Jesus in Sydney, Australia, after, I think, a burnout. I would say burnout because I had been in the club scene. I'd been DJing and doing all of that stuff. And I think finally I'd come to the end of my own tether. And at the end of it was Jesus waiting for me with open arms.
0: It's this segment of your life that is. has given you some fulfillment. Yes. That's, that's pretty remarkable. Jimmy, anything else you want to tell us?
2: Oh, look, in all honesty, I just continue to walk with him, continue to run with him, continue to have a relationship with him. From here to eternity is my favorite saying now, because I think that's what we all we have is here and then eternity. That's it. And I want to be with him throughout my my entire life, and so my family as well. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Uncle Bob.
0: Every week we read a verse or two from the number one bestseller of nonfiction since Gutenberg went to press over 500 years ago. Today's reading is from the Book of the Revelation, Chapter 6. The kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong And every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Do you have a comment or question? Do you have an agreement or an argument, hit us up on BobMendo at AOL.com or on Twitter or Instagram on Bob's Your Uncle PC, and we'll read your views next week. For instance, Ray of the United States said this, Another home-run broadcast. I like the portion on identity theft and much more. I enjoyed it while eating my lox, bagel, cream cheese, and of course, Bermuda onion sandwich for dinner. Shalom. Thanks, Ray. Don't forget to post a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening, and share our podcast with your mates, your friends, your enemies, and your work colleagues, after office hours, of course. Word of mouth or word of email or word of Facebook is the key driver in this social media-starved world. Thanks for helping us get known out there. Also, please subscribe to the podcast, obviously, and hit like as well. We can use all the good speak we can get. Don't forget to book all your travel needs with Amanda McInnes at travelpartners.com.au. And next week, I will be speaking to you from Hawaii and hoping to have good words about a conclusion of a war in Ukraine. Please, God. Remember to join us wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelson when things seem bleak or uncertain look up look up to god he's in his heaven and bob's your uncle shalom from sydney